In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles here on TojiNet. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, all the way from the East Bridgewater, wherever that is, the blonde bombshell herself, feeling rather chipper today. How... <laughs> Have some more wine, you'll be fine. Good evening. Yeah, I got a glass of going right now. There you go. You know, just <laughs> just, run. <laughs> just stick the straw in the box and you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll just you know. open up the spout. <laughs> there you go. Pour it into um. that little hat with the two little cans on the side, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a great idea. I'm sure yeah. no one's invented that yet. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so you all Any, this this weekend? Well, I am, but I don't know if you are. That's the problem. No, I think we get a dance competition on the fire, but I'm still waiting for the final word. But uh, it's very exciting, anyways. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, we'll be at the old Hooten Mansion. Haven't been there for uh, quite a while now. Uh, been there a lot. Yeah. Then, I think the last time we were there, it was like, um, my God, like a year and a half. No, it's even longer than that. Oh, and What's Karen O'Keefe was there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Karen, almost two we, years ago. Yeah, when we brought Karen O'Keefe over, now I think that was not last year, the year before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about two years. Yeah, yeah two it was years September ago. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I clearly was, remember. <laughs> there you go. And I still swear that I woke up there the next morning. And uh, I was camped out in the living room. And well, I, it's a good thing you woke up. I mean, that's uh, a good thing. Oh, yeah, it is always good to wake up. I swear I smelled bacon. Somebody cooking bacon. Bacon. Like, mm. loud and clear. And I'm like, oh, cool, we're going to have breakfast. <laughs> Did you ever see the bacon alarm clock? The bacon alarm clock? No. Yeah, yeah. You ever watch the Shock Tank? Uh, do not, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Maureen and I both like that show, so we watch it. But uh, it, it, they had a guy on there who uh, invented the bacon alarm clock, and basically it looks like a little pig, and you put it beside of your bed, and, yeah. and, it, and you wake up to the smell of cooking bacon. Oh, I know so many men that would just bang, wake them right out of that bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's mm. funny. That's hysterical. 
Yeah, well, they didn't buy it, so that's the I way did it not goes. have uh, my little bacon alarm clock with me that morning, so okay. I think I had a, okay. I think I had a paranormal experience. I'm telling you. Well, a, yeah. So we'll be it can't be clear audio, not clear ascension. So it must have been clear bacon. Clear bacon. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Seven degrees of. Kevin Bacon. Never mind. Let's. I don't know why we're even into this now. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I posted this thing. Did you see that about hanging woman? Hingham woman that was uh, arrested for. She was a psychic and was arrested for bilking uh, her clients out of thousands of dollars. I did see that. Yeah. 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 Thanks. So po- Thanks yeah. a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I posted on my website, and then like. I got like all kinds of hate mail for that. It's like, whoa, really? Hello? <laughs> Why would you get hate mail? Because I put put up call it to people's attention. It's like, well, yeah, I would do the same thing when I and I have when, when Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, <laughs> Ghost <laughs> have been caught trespassing or or picked up for uh, you know alcohol abbreviation, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And whatever that, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just so weird. Well, you know what? Um, they seem to be very sensitive be called to people who are giving uh, people like us and other people in the field a bad name. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and you that. know, it's not like it's new, and that's the problem with it. And I've, I've always said that in a lot of my presentations that it's been going on since the beginning of time. Uh, is uh, you know, even all the way back to the Oracle of Delphi, one of the Spartans uh, paid the uh, uh, priestess to uh, give the prediction he wanted. <laughs> so, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it all happened. But anyways, we, we've got our guest on the line, and we're going to be, you all listen to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with uh, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan, and of course, uh, New England's own Van Helsink. And uh, we have a, an interesting guest. We've had her on the show before talking about other ghosts, but this time we're going to talk about Scottish ghosts. Ooh, that's, and, oh, that's a good blur. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Rooney. And how are you today? I am fine, thank you. It's gotten cold in Massachusetts. They say the temperature dropped 32 degrees today. Oh my yeah, God. we're all from Mass, so we're all like brothers under the skin. Wow, yeah, it did get cold. I, I didn't think it was 32 degrees worth, but it got chilly really fast. Yeah, it did. It, 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 in some places, I saw that on the news, right? 32 yeah, uh, I, degree I difference. Yeah, I thought, 32. Wow. <laughs> you know, there are all sorts of, but it's just like Scotland if you think about it. And that's all. It was, I was so cold when I was in Scotland. I uh, wore really? three layers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, well. I had a, I had a dear friend. She said, "Whenever you go, we went in June." She said, "Bring your mittens." I oh. wore my mittens the whole time <gasps> in June. Yeah, it's are cold they, over there. Are they opposite from us? No, 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 no. 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 They just cold. It's just cold. <laughs> Oh, but it is beautiful. It, what a lovely country. I guess global warming hasn't caught up to them yet. I mean, well. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Oh, I'm afraid yeah, that's not a shame. at all. But, um, oh, what a country it is. It, it was absolutely just like you, you know, dream that Scotland would be. You could see Wallace coming out of the hills mm. every time right. he turned around. Yeah, mm. it was something. You could see and all then, those. You could see all those naked butts flashing them at the British. Uh, well, I wasn't quite sure because it'd be too cold to do that. <laughs> well, they're hearty people, you know. Yeah, that they are. That they are. Well, then they eat hearty food like black pudding and oatmeal and all oh, those good things and yeah. so forth. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. try it. 
<laughs> you have to try it once, and you go from there. And the oatmeal is good for the uh, cholesterol, after all. Yes, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just noticed that our resident Scotsman is now in the uh, chat room. It just logged in. I saw him. Hi, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we had him on the show just a little while ago, and he is a, a medium from, uh, or a psychic, or a spirit, spiritualist material. I don't know. I get so confused. Uh, he's he's a, uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. I can't say it. <laughs> From it's Scotland. so funny because I was just about to oh, say... Oh, he's really from Scotland. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, I was just oh, about yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. too, when he logged in, I'm I, where's Steven? And boom. He must yeah. be psychic, huh? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were going to talk about Scottish history, but not from a, I, I am not Scots myself. So. Now, how did you end up? How did you end up um, in Scotland writing a book about Scotland? Because I've always wanted to go, and I've excuse. always heard about the ghosts in Scotland, and you and the history is so amazing. Because you know, the Scottish grew up in the world where the fear of death was always there, where death was waiting around the corner, and yet they're such nice people, such hospitable people, <laughs> and some would say they have beautiful golf courses. But when you uh. think about the uh, the bloodiness and the feuds and the wars and the religious wars and everything that happened over there. Yeah, but it's everywhere. Oh well, I don't know. It's I think it's a little different there. All right, <laughs> something you, you because want, you it's so that... loaded with the history. It's so loaded with the history, and each deserted castle, they all have their goats. It's amazing. You go from one to another, and they have a green man or a green lady and a gray man, and they're all walking the gardens and mourning the past. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. something. Um, I really, I really did enjoy it. It's a wonderful country. I recommend so, that everybody should visit. So, Ashley, how long were you there? Oh, about ten days. Oh, that's um, good. That's good. And not a long time. Yeah. I had already done a lot of research before I went over, and I knew what I wanted to see and what I wanted to, you know, get about and so forth. And it was just. Wherever we went, and we stayed from haunted uh, sort of a manor house to it was just like a motel, not a very fancy motel, like a Motel 6 here. And (laughs) the people were so wonderful, you know, and they sat and they, you know, you're American, yes, let me show you what you should eat and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, Agus. Yeah, Agus. That's Ew, one haggis is enough. But the scotch is wonderful. Oh, the, the scotch is beautiful stuff. And a cold, oh, yeah. dang day to drink some of their scotch. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> mm, nothing like a little scotch to warm yeah. up. But I've never, you know, been in an area that was just so loaded with ghosts and legends and fairies and the devil stories. And you talking about that. Stephen again? Hmm? You talking about Stephen again? You said you said okay. fairies. Okay. Okay. Coin <laughs> that one went right down the tube quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Moving right along. So when you were over there, and um, I'm sure you had a game plan. You know, obviously before you went, who you wanted to talk to. What did? You, what was your favorite? What was your favorite story? Did you have a favorite? Oh. I have many favorites. <laughs> I really did. I mean, there there's so much there, and I didn't even actually get to see all my favorite places. The one there, uh, there was one castle which is very famous there. It's Glamis Castle, and Glamis. that that has lots of ghosts attached to it. And that is the castle that 
uh, Queen Elizabeth II's mother grew up in. Mm. Um, and we went on tour there, and I asked about uh, one of the ghosts, and she said, we never talk about him. We do not talk about that. And I thought, oh, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's something when she drew herself. I could feel herself. She wore kilt even. Drawing <laughs> herself up and saying, we do not talk about that. Thinking, oh, well, this is going to be sort of somewhat serious. Um, but it, that castle is just loaded with, you know, the beautiful lady who got burned at the stake because the king was jealous, you know. And there was a wonderful, um, very bad earl. And everybody hated him. And he would go out of his way to be nasty and mean. But he loved to play cards. And in those days, of course, you weren't supposed to play cards on the Sabbath or our Sunday um, Mm -hmm. because that was against the religious rules. And so he was playing with his friend. And we saw the room. Um, And his servants got worried because it was 11.30 p.m. And they said... Lord, Lord Beardy, you know, the Sabbath is coming. It's almost 12 o'clock. You've got to stop. Oh, go away. Leave me alone. You know, I don't want to do that. And the servant's gone even more worried. And go away. Be damned. I'll play with the devil if you want. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that just brings on the devil. <laughs> Naturally. Okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just like uh, people asking for rain or going out in the sprinkle and so forth. And there's a knock at the door, and this slick-looking gentleman comes in and says, I'm here to play cards with Lord Beardy. And they go into the room and they shut the door. And at midnight, oh one, there is a big bang and lightning strikes and Lord Beardy is no more, nor is his friend. Mm. And, and that devil just disappears. Well, you hear that story and of course we don't really believe in the devil today like that. Mm-hmm. But when they describe it and they point out the room, hmm, there's some interesting stuff here, you know, and people really believe in all this. And meanwhile, they're embarrassed by some of their ghosts. But then they're saying, yes, that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, quite, it was quite something to see all this and see the belief that was going on. Did, you get, place, the chance, did you get the chance to stay in a, in a castle at all? Uh, yes, and I'm trying to remember which one. Well, I think it was Castle Effie, uh, which was haunted by Scotland's last cardinal. Scotland remained Catholic longer than England did. And, oh, they, yeah. had their, and they had this cardinal who was really a, another nasty man. And this cardinal, I mean, he had a, a wife, he had all sorts of children, he made sure <laughs> that children were going to have lots of land, and he set them all up for life. And he, um, at this point, the Protestants were beginning to really move in Scotland and uh, attack the Catholic Church. And he made sure that he killed the one who was really after him. And so he set up a lot of enemies. And one day, um, he opened the door, and there were a dozen men working there uh, in workmen's clothes, and they came in, and they started to stab him. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you get the point. Oh, <laughs> very good. But <laughs> not until one of the guys said, "Wait a minute, I'm I'm a, I'm a minister. Stop! This is not being done in a godly manner. So let us all pray." So all the guys who were stabbing him stabbed and knelt, and the reverend <laughs> led them in prayer, and then they resumed stabbing him and there you <laughs> killed him. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought be done properly. <laughs> 
I mean, a very practical affair. When they succeeded in killing him, they hung him by an ankle from the battlements facing the place where he had executed the other guy. Now, we stayed in his home, which is said to be haunted. Um, It also is a beautiful B&B with the most gorgeous Scottish garden possible. And she did take us around and showed us the staircase where if you stay up, Later than we did, you can hear <laughs> him dragging this one leg that, you know, remained on the windowsill where he was hung from the an- ankle, uh, um, uh, <laughs> dragging it behind him. Oh, awesome. Was, yeah, it was good. That was really good. I don't get to stay in many haunted places, and, you know. Uh, yeah. That story is actually in my book too, the Ghost, the Ghost of Day book. It's of course mine is much smaller than yours because there's 365 stories in it from around the world. But yeah, that same story is in it. I, that's why it sounded familiar. Uh-huh. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Scottish. Guy. Oh, I know him. I love. I loved everybody stopping, stabbing him, to, and sit around and pray for a while. I thought that was really good. <laughs> While he writhes in, in, in pain. Yes, and saying, come on, come on, guys. Um, Finish me up. Yeah. Oh, God. But wherever you go in Scotland, um, places are haunted. They're full of stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you. I didn't stay there long enough to see half of them. Um, right. But um, when you go into Edinburgh, there it all is, where they had the witchcraft trials, where they buried all the, what they called the covenders, and let them be first starved and so forth, and what happened to the guy who then, who was doing that, Bloody Mackenzie was his name. And he, oh, yes. now, he now comes out of the graveyard and scares people and all the rest of it out of his tomb. <laughs> Uh, but it's, you know what's you know what's interesting about England and Scotland is is all all the houses have these little priest holes in them. I mean, we have the you know we always have these little hidden things from the Underground Railroad, but in in England it's all the the, the priest holes because the the uh, you know the battle between the Protestants and the Catholics they they would kill the priests if they stayed in in England, so they would uh, hide them in the houses and they had these little closets they would hide in and so. Oh. I've never heard of that. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never seen one, though. Really? No, I've never actually seen one. Um, Probably because they turned it into a real closet over the day. Right. (laughs) You know, it's for our shoes and all the other things. We have many more accoutrements uh, uh, than they did in those days, (laughs) if you think about it. Um, Stephen Scott wants to know, did you go to the Covenanters prison? Yes, I did. Ah, well, we stayed right near there. Um, what is, uh, that, what is that's that? By, wait a minute. That's by the cemetery where uh, Mackenzie is, and and also okay. the dog. The dog that's there's a statue of a dog there. That, Bobby. Uh, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Bob the dog, really? Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, that picture is on the uh, picture from the Covenor Prison is on the back of the cover of the book, mm. and um, the Covenor's Prison is just exactly what you. Um, it's where lots and lots of people, women, children, and so forth, were imprisoned because they were Covenanters, which meant they were Protestants and were not going the Episcopalian or Anglican way in those oh. days. Okay. And it was gray and damp, and where you could feel kind of this, you know, death and the smell of death. Um, a lovely little church. Um, the graveyard was sort of hummocky with the graves that have protruded, you know, and bulged up over the years, along with Bobby that you're talking about and right. the policeman. Um, 
But it, and there was Mackenzie's tomb. Um, right, and the Mackenzie poltergeist. Yes, yes. Huh? Um, but they don't let you into it anymore. But supposedly yeah. every year, you know, people hear that and so forth. Uh, and they, he comes out and scares people and all the rest of it. But they well, all- and the story is is that they actually did tours there, and people on the tours were being attacked by the uh, the McKinsey poltergeist, and that's they ended up stopped doing them because of that. Uh, people would get scratch marks and uh, pass out, and all these other things they were being attacked by him. And and the grave itself had been broken into, uh, I think, a couple times anyway. And and not too long ago, too, if I remember. That's right. No, you're right. It has been broken into. Uh, one supposedly was a derelict. The guy who originally discovered, I believe, was a, a derelict, and he got in there, and then he got terrified and went running out. And um, then all of a sudden, all this stuff started. It's kind of like the ghost walk uh, in Edinburgh. Right, all, right. All that underground, which I... I looked on that as kind of like any ghost walk. Um, really? Yeah. I it, To me, it was a lot of big cities now have these ghost walks. Oh, absolutely. And, and I just didn't feel that was quite as real. Supposedly, people have had scratch marks, and they leave presents to the little girl who was yeah. down there and all the rest of it. But was it really real, or was it, was it a way to get the tourist business? Um, <laughs> Again, I'm afraid I was being a cynical New Englander on this one, but I was not quite sure of that, baby. Um, <laughs> but it was something, you know, to see and go through and walk up and down the steps and look at the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was more interesting than most ghost walks in most other cities. Right. Now, I think you've got to go in the buildings and some of the churches and mm-hmm. all that. That's oh, excellent. Ask, ask your friend, the Scottish friend there. Has he gone to the Isle of Skye? The Isle of Skye. Isle of Skye. I will have to. Uh, I don't know. I actually have a friend who is. Uh, she's in, all involved in the in the McLeod clan, and they oh, have a big. A- they have a big reunion there every year. Well. Oh well, that's one of that's one of the stories that I I I was telling my grandchildren uh, yesterday. They were just thrilled by this one. Because it is the McLeod clan, and on the Isle of Skye, we purposely went over to the Isle of Skye to see this castle, which is Dunvegan Castle, mm-hmm. and the owned by the McLeods. And they have this story, which is which is a really neat story. I got to tell you, because many many years ago, centuries, a McLeod chieftain. Named Malcolm wed a fairy woman. Now, of course, the Scots believe a lot in the fairies. And she bore him a strong, happy son. But she missed her home with the land of the fairies. And finally, she grew so homesick that she bade farewell to her husband um, and made him promise that the baby would never cry. She would never hear her son crying. And he kept his promise. He said never was the young McLeod going to ever cry, and never would he be left unattended. But, of course, he was a bachelor, and a couple of years later, he had a party. Uh-oh. And it was a great party. You know, lots of eating and drinking, and everybody was having fun. And the nursemaid who was supposed to watch the baby couldn't stand hearing all that noise. And so she crept out to watch the celebration. 
And the baby woke up and began to cry. And his crying was so loud that his mother heard him way back in the land of the fairies. And she came to comfort him. And she gave him a small, this is the important part, silken shawl. And he went to sleep again, clutching the material. And she whispered magic words and disappeared. Woof! The nurse babe came back and found the baby with a little scrap of material and took him to his father. And as she walked with the baby, beautiful music followed her. When that, when she entered the great hall, the pipers put down all their instruments, and everyone stood mesmerized by the music of the fairies. And according to the legend, the magical shawl given to the infant became a fairy flag. If any of the McClouds faced danger, they just had to unfurl this fairy flag, wave it three times, and the hosts of the fairies, the knights of the fairy raid, would ride to their defense. But the fairies would come only three times, because three times is always a magic number. Not always, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what got me on all this whole story is the family still owns this flag, which is in the castle. It is made of silk. It's yellow or brown coloring, according to you, you have to decide, in color. And it's about 18 inches square. And it's ripped and it's tattered. And it's somewhat deteriorated. And the flag is covered with small red, what they call, elf dots. Oh. And oh, whatever the origin of the flag, the McClouds have valued it highly. And the chief placed it in a specially locked box. And it's carried with him wherever he went. And they unfurled it twice, a little bit too late. And so they were defeated. Um, but they've saved it, and they have not unfurled it for the third time. Oh. But what the final, for me, that was just like awesome, is that when, during World War II, the men from the Clan McLeod carried pictures of the flags in their wallets while flying in the Battle of Britain. And you know how many of those British pilots went down. Mm-hmm. Not one of them was lost to the German flyers. Right. None of went down. In fact, the chief of the Clan MacLeod had agreed to bring the fairy flag to England and wave it from the cliffs of Dover hmm. should the Germans attempt to invade Great Britain. And I think that is, you know, like, wow, all these <laughs> centuries, this fairy story, yep. you know, it's lasted all this time. <laughs> you know, you can't just put it down and say, eh. <laughs> Right. No, it's really cool. But unfortunately, yeah, we, have to, take, we have to take a break right now, so I'm going to ask you to hold on. Anyways, okay. you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick, and our very special guest is Ashley Rooney, or E. Ashley Rooney, depending on how you say it. And she is the author of Scottish Goats and, and many other books. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Why do I feel so lousy? Why aren't my medications working? Why can't my doctor figure me out? These are just a few of the questions Dr. Kevin Connors will be exploring in Dr. Kevin Connors Live on Toginet.com. The author of the book, Help, My Body is Killing Me, solving the connections of autoimmune disease to thyroid problems, fibromyalgia, depression, ADD, ADHD, and more. He'll dig into these and many other conditions to dissect the mechanisms of your problems. Giving God the glory and looking for answers to make you look and feel better. To make you feel whole again. 
For more on him, his book, and the show, check out UpperRoomWellness.com. Never be satisfied with a diagnosis. There is always a reason behind it. And if you can alter the mechanisms that led you down your current path, we can change your future. It's Dr. Kevin Connors, live here on Togginet.com. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest, E. Ashley Rooney. We're back. I we are. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. That was quick. <laughs> quick little yep. break. You have nice size commercials. <laughs> that's the way we like them. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, now we'll be... It gets busy at times, and it's going to be getting busy very shortly, unfortunately. So. Uh-huh. We less time, more commercials. <laughs> but anyways, Ashley, do you have a website before I forget to ask you? No. No? No. No, okay. Um, you, but people can buy the books at uh, Barnes & Noble or at Amazon. Okay. Not Apple. at Borders. Hmm? Not at Borders. Not at Borders. Not, Not at Borders, no, unfortunately. That uh-huh. was very sad. Mm. Yeah, it's very sad. Anyways, you've written a, a couple other books, too, and why don't we mention the titles and that be, if, if people are interested in this book, they might be interested in the other ones as well. Oh, you want me to rattle off all those names? <laughs> yeah, I ran off a bunch of them. The first, like, one I did, the first one I did, which was wonderful, was Berkshire Ghosts, and then I did the Cambridge, Massachusetts, and the Empire State Ghosts. Uh, Lexington Concord, Ghosts and Legends, and of course we just went through Patriots Day, so there are a lot of ghosts from then. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, and Washington D.C. Ghosts and Haunted London, and I will be doing Irish Ghosts. So there I'm you looking, go. I'm looking for Irish Ghosts. Do you know there are not many stories about Irish Ghosts? Very. Oh, I beg to differ. Really? Oh, really? Really? Yeah, and actually, I have a. I don't know how many, but I have quite a few in my book. I mean, judging the number of stories that are in it uh, on Irish ghosts, but yeah, even even modern Irish ghosts, which is even more interesting. Modern Irish ghosts. Mm-hmm. And what's your book? What's your book called? Ghost Today. Three hundred six. 365 ghost stories from around the world. It's uh, a a ghost story for every day of the year. Each one is related to a particular date. So, for instance, on the 29th of whatever, uh, this ghost story is somehow related to it. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Now, your listeners got to hear about lots of ghost stories they can go read. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to talk about Scottish ghosts, and and I mean to to me, I, you, you see the the Moors. You see, well, the, the not the Moors so much the Moors, but the uh, uh, what am I looking for? The fog rolling off uh, from the coast and in the glens and the and the mountains and the castles, and it just all fits so well together. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We went to Culloden, and Culloden was where the last battle was with the English, and the Scots were just massacred. It was a horrendous battle. And it was the end of the Stuart Kings and the Bonnie Prince Charlie and everything else. And we went there, and I, Culloden Moor is gray 
and of course it poured and the wind blew <laughs> and you could have just imagined how it must have been because when the time the Scottish army came to meet the English army, they had walked through the rain and the dank and they didn't have food while the English army was resplendent and red and white and with the guns shining and lots of food. And very quickly, uh, the Scots were just slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And the ghosts haunt the Culloden Moor. And the moor was lonely. <gasps> you could almost, when you walked out there, you could hear voices calling because you think of all the families and how many sons they lost that day, how many fathers and brothers. And they supposedly, lots and loads, the ghosts are known to be there. Um, they've seen dark-haired Highlanders lying on top of a cairn, wearing the red Stuart tartan. And one legend of the Moors, the birds do not sing at the exact site of the battle or at the graves of the slaughtered Jacobites. Many walkers in the area have seen a large ghostly bird on the moor. And when you see that bird, which is called the Great Scree of Culloden Moor, mm-hmm. you immediately have bad luck. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. One well near the moor is called, um, battle site is called the St. Mary's Well, and this well has ghosts who are thought to be ghosts of the dead Highlanders killed in the battle. Mm-hmm. And another well is called the Well of the Dead, and that's where many were found there. Other local legends are the heather, which grows nearby, will never grow over the graves of the Jacobites. And the flower known as Sweet William refers to um, the Duke of Cumberland, who actually defeated them. And because of his victory, the Battle of Culloden, and his really brutal treatment of the king's enemies, Irish and Scots sometimes refer to the flower as Stinking Billy. (laughs) And after that, after that battle, the Scots were just persecuted, and they no longer could wear the kilt, they no longer could sing their songs, the clans were upended, um... You know, their cattle were lost. Everything was gone. Many of them were um, imprisoned and Uh hung. Uh, Many of them were sent over to this country or to the islands, you know, know, the Caribbean and so forth. And that's how we have so many Scots here um, because they were sent by the English who said, that's it. They were tired of the troublesome Scots. (laughs) Troublemakers. Troublemakers. (laughs) But it, it really got to you how... Awful this was, and I, you know, you, you see that, and you see all the little cairns marking the graves and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, it was just quite overwhelming. You know, we were all European countries. It's not like going, say, to Vietnam, um, where you say, okay, they don't have the same values as a different religious background or something. Here, we all had the same values. But it was just massive slaughter and just how to exterminate a race. And to this day, supposedly, the highlands of Scotland are very sparsely populated. Um, there are not as many people there. They all left. There was no way for them to make an income. And if they weren't killed, they left the country. Do you know that uh, I know that they were up for uh, independence from England? I wanted, Was that approved? Do you know? No, it chance? hasn't been approved yet. Um, okay. People talked about it to us while we were there. Mm-hmm. And there's, oh, I don't know. I think there was so, a lot of people are so accustomed to being part of England, the idea of being independent. It's sort of like maybe um, uh, Montreal and what we see in Canada occasionally. Mm-hmm. 
people talk about it, but are they really going to go that far? Can they really survive on their own? Right. Um, and well, it'd still be it'd still be part of the Commonwealth, so it'd be different. Yeah, it would be different, but um, it might be very hard. No one that came out and said, "This is what we're going to do." I noticed in talking to them because <laughs> I'd been in England the year before doing uh, the London Ghosts. Uh, they had the same hatreds of the same rate, um, uh, ethnic groups that the English did. And I thought, oh, well, this is sort of passing through back and forth, you know. <laughs> and I, I was sort of like, you know, hmm. um, you know, you always get embarrassed about our country and thinking, do we, are we the only ones who have these problems? And then you go abroad and you see, no, no. Everybody else has their race they don't like or the country they don't like and stuff. But it was it's sad. It's very sad to see that part. Uh, I think England has it probably worse than we do because they're so open, uh, you know, because of the British Empire when it was. I mean, they're so, so open. I know that there are, for instance, uh, in London, there are uh, sections where the Poles are, and they they don't like the Poles at all. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, but there's so acceptance as far as, you know, I mean, you have Indians from India, and of course, and and, and all the different islands and stuff. So, so they're they're actually, you know, have probably have more races than we do, and uh, it's a strange uh, combination. Let's put it that way. Well, and they're much more crowded than we are, too. Exactly, too, because right. yeah, yeah, we 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 really don't understand how small that country is. <laughs> yeah, and they're they're dealing much more with some of the terrorism worries than we we are. That's true, too. Right. Yeah. As a matter of and fact, of course, it was it was the polls they mentioned to me too. Right, and, and they they have a queen, of course. Yeah. But we have Christian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have Christian. Yeah, he's a witch. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. He's now, my... Did you yeah. have, I, I, I don't know if you do, um, Ashley, like, you know, any paranormal investigation at all? No. Uh, no. no. Did you have any paranormal experiences in your travels over there? Not there. Uh, okay. In the Berkshires. Oh. Really? Um, one of the oh, you, first... you, I, oh, you you work with uh, Paul... Uh... Yes. Who is it? Uh, Paul, I can never see us. Oloskowski, I think. Oloskowski, yeah. yeah. And he's a wonderful paranormal, and he really helped me. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just starting out, my editor had asked if I was, well, would I think about writing this book? And I thought, that's cool. I wasn't too sure how I felt about ghosts at that point. And then I was beginning to research, and I met Paul. Um, and he showed me a lot of his investigations, and they began to convince me there really is something out there. And I think now over the years that I've done this and been writing about it and talking about it and allowing myself to be open to it, mm-hmm. um, you realize there is something there very much. I mean, there's some people who are quite closed. My husband is, my second husband is very good. He's a factual man. And he understands facts. He doesn't understand ghosts. And he doesn't dream. He doesn't have any of this stuff. I have these lurid dreams. <laughs> and I know when people are going to call and I say, that's so-and-so. And there it is on the phone. Or I know when someone has died. And he's looking at me like, where'd you come from? <laughs> uh, you know? Um, 
And my first husband, who did die, um, all of a sudden he would come to me and say, do this, and I do that, and he was absolutely right, and you wonder. And I've talked to people who've had similar experiences, and I think if you've gone through a close death and have allowed yourself to be open Mm -hmm. and not close it all off, uh, you may be much more aware of that other dimension, um, there's a way of explaining it for me. And, you know, I find that the people who were particularly attuned to it tend to be either older or um, often female, a younger, maybe pregnant. In the, um, uh, one young pregnant woman told me the story that she had gone through, and I was like, wow. And I wonder if it was because she was protecting that unborn baby and all the rest of it. You know? You don't quite know, but how you allow yourself to be to feel all this. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's interesting because you mentioned that, uh, Paul, because we're going up to the Houghton Mansion uh, this weekend. I was going to story about that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, we were the first one to investigate it. The, the Masons actually called us in when there was another Sherry Rivellers who was uh, writing Haunted Massachusetts uh, one of the know if it was haunted or not, and so the Masons had called us, and then we did their first investigation many years ago. In fact, Berkshire Paranormal uh, was formed after uh, our visit there, and we've become really good friends with them. But that is a, that is an awesome place, and that's that's in your book as well, as I believe, right? Yes, yes, yeah, it, it is. Definitely and it awesome. is awesome. And um, yeah, Paul uh, uses my book when he's going out and talking to schools and so forth, and mm-hmm. getting them interested in it. Of course, the kids. Days, but with some of the TV things that are on, are oh, right. more interested in that, mm-hmm. and there is more play into the spiritual world. You know, perhaps when I grew up, the spiritual world was always religious. I can't right. remember my I can't remember my mother ever talking to me about ghosts or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but that was just a Halloween thing, and you know. Um, but now, thanks to many of the authors and stuff, there's much more, and some of the TV shows, there's much more interested in that. And I think Paul's gone a good way to explain that to young audiences and to college students and all that. So it'll be good that you go up to Mifflin um, Mansion. It's supposed to rain, however, this weekend. So that's all right. We're inside, so it don't really matter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I just uh, I always just happened to be on Facebook and I, I, I noticed this post and it said uh, there of course you know of the Mayan prophecy that there won't be any uh, you know the world's supposed to end in December uh, 2012. Well, uh, somebody just posted uh, because Dick Clark did there will be no 2013 because nobody will, he won't be there to count it in. No, 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 really? Oh, yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. I mean, he was quite a guy. He really was. Yeah. Maybe no, we should try. Maybe we should try contacting him. Get on, on, that would be interesting. Well, my Do goodness, I, he just left. And it doesn't matter. New Year's Eve. He has a chance Eve. to get settled in, you know. Yeah. Well, New Year's Eve uh, uh, seance. Oh, all right. On New Year's Eve. Okay. New Year's Eve seance is perfect. He should be all cozy by then, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. And think of the music that will accompany him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you've got a new book coming out. Uh, well, you've been working on well on Irish ghost stories and oh no, uh, that. I started. I just I, I was just beginning to think about it. I haven't. Started oh, just think that. about it. But yeah, there, there's <laughs> quite a bit. You just have to dig in and don't don't uh, what's the word? Don't 
uh, you know, be open for all periods of time. Because, you know, I know I've gotten some from the Irish Revolution there and from the 1920s. Uh, there are ghost stories and stuff. So, mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I'm sure they'll be just as good as the Scottish ghost stories. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. So well, we, uh, we didn't really talk about the the experience you had in the Berkshires. Did uh, you want to tell us about it? Oh, with with Paul? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Taking me back in time. I, um, first, I had gone, I had done a lot of research, and I knew about the Hoosick Tunnel. Uh-huh. And it took forever to find the, well, you cannot get into one side. It's against the law. So right. we went down into the town of Florida and drove and drove and drove through beautiful green valleys down into a dark, dank, miserable place. It's kind of like, <laughs> like the colors and more again. You know, you felt this place was spooky. And there we found the tunnel. Not only did we find the tunnel, we found some very strange people. <laughs> waiting, <laughs> kind of peering and to see what would happen. And the tunnel kind of belched this strange, dank smell. And I guess the train uses it occasionally. And my husband was taking pictures, and I was talking to the people. And then we went back up into town. We had already done the Hooten Mansion. Um, and I can't remember where exactly I met Paul, but it was in my it was in the bottom in my motel. And I had been emailing with him, and he came in with a laptop and showed me pictures of the orbs that he had gotten in his explorations of the Hooten Mansion. Now, I had not seen an orb up till that time, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, whoa, that's really <laughs> weird. Um, and so we talked about it, and he's He's a heck of a nice guy. And so we talked about it a little bit more, and my husband came back. He was all excited about um, the place he had been, and he saw the orbs also. And so then we, you know, we went on with our left paw, went on and did our work, uh, because I had various places I had to go see, and I wanted to find out more about. And... But the orbs began me on kind of this, and my conversation with Paul, in beginning to believe that there is something really out there, something that you can really feel and maybe get your hands on or, you know, feel the hair at least prickling at the back of your neck. Right. Since there's somebody there, you don't necessarily always feel that ghost. You know, I've always wondered about the ghost in the... um, Colonial Inn here in Concord. I mean, after all, she was on honeymoon. And she wakes up in the middle of the night, and she says she feels this thing lurking over her, and she doesn't tell anybody. And then she goes home and tells her husband, hey, there was a ghost in our room, and he laughs at her. And then she gets a free weekend out of the Colonial Inn, and they get to market that place as haunted ever since, you know. (laughs) Popular room in the house. (laughs) You know, I'm being a little cynical there. Haunted room 24. Well, I I have to say that I I spent the night there, and uh, I had two cameras on me all night long, and and I will admit that the the bed definitely moved that night, and it had nothing to do with my wife sleeping next to me. (laughs) She was sleeping. She was sleeping. (laughs) Okay. But, yeah, we did. I did have an experience in that room, and uh, we did the broadcast from there. We had uh, uh, a computer, a laptop. We we broadcast live from that room, and it, it 
just died and it said the battery was dead but the only problem was first of all it was fully charged and the second thing it was plugged into the wall when it plugged happened. in yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. i mean that that I, you know i i believe it's haunted yeah. whether they they push it or not it's definitely uh i, I, I definitely room. believe it's haunted i stayed in a room across the hall <laughs> well yes i I've, I've known people who stayed there and they haven't felt a thing mm-hmm. uh, but you never can quite tell. But anyway, you know, you go from ghost story to ghost story, and you think, oh, my. But I think with the Scottish ghost stories, so many of them are very sad. They're not – ghosts usually aren't very happy, if, you know, if I've noticed. Um, they're very sad. Um, and it's about sad things. It's about the business that we haven't finished here in this dimension, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, my. Um, can I tell you one more? Yeah. We, sure. We're just about out of time with you. But, uh, yeah, we'll squeeze one more in, I <laughs> I'll guess. squeeze one more. Uh, one more, right. one more. Squeeze one more. This is a, a Lady Jean. And now, which castle was she? It was a Caldor castle. And she wanted to find a man. She really wanted to find a man. And she became smitten with Lord Ronald. And she kept flirting with him, and he kept looking at other people. And she just couldn't get him to notice her, and she wailed to her friend, I feel so ugly. And her friend said, well, you know what they say, true beauty resides within you. And and Jean said, well, see, you're telling me I'm ugly. No, I think you have to concentrate on being more interesting. So she tried smiling. She tried laughing at his jokes, but she still couldn't get his attention. Nothing was working for her. I mean, what a modern-day story. And finally, her mother said, I'm sick to death of you complaining all the time. You must figure out how to win him. And Jean thought to herself, I'll go to the witch. And the witch, of course, gave her a spell and a magic green dress. And she put on that green dress, and Ronald immediately noticed her. He couldn't keep his eyes off of her. Wherever she went, he was there, staring at her, totally enraptured. And soon she was planning her wedding ceremony and counting her bridesmaids. And, of course, she was going to wear her very lucky witching green dress and when she walked down the aisle to her husband-to-be she roused the magic long sleep in the stillness and her breath began coming in shallow gasps (laughs) her hands became like ice and as she kissed her husband she felt dead at his feet Uh oh no one knows why she died but she did and every year she comes out of the tower of Newton Castle, and you can hear the sound of her mournful singing. She had lost her man after all, and it died unwed. Uh-oh. That poor, poor old maid. <laughs> <laughs> that one I like because it's a little funnier, I think. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to my sad, sad martyrs on Culloden Moor. Well, see, that's what you get for not bringing out your inner beauty. Oh, that's true. Right. Right. Go for that interview, guys. Well, Ashley, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And uh, once again, your book book is uh, Scottish Ghost, but there's a whole ton of other ones. Go check them out on Amazon or or uh, wherever. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Thank you. Barnes and Noble. Yeah. And I love the I love the picture of the gargoyle on the cover of the Empire State. Ghost. Oh, I thank you. That I was like in New that. York City. Yeah. There's a building with four of them there. 
Uh, it's, uh, it's up in the Upper West Side. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Ashley, and uh, we'll <laughs> be talking to you. Let us know when your new book comes out. Okay, will do. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye now. Thanks, Ashley. Good night. Well, that was pretty cool. Oh, God, she can but tell anyways, stories. But anyway, it's time for my good friend, Mrs. Van Helsink, Vala Ventura, and <laughs> another Beyond Bazaar. and casket are commonly substitute for one another, but they do technically mean different things. A coffin is defined as a box or chest for burying a corpse and is generally wedge-shaped and simple. A casket is almost always rectangular and fancier than a coffin. In the 15th century, a casket was used to store jewels. And good night and good luck. Ready to move on after a painful divorce? Then you should probably purchase a wedding ring coffin. Described on the Creator's website as the perfect gift for yourself and loved one for bringing closure after a divorce. The coffin allows you to, quote, bury the past and move on to a new tomorrow. Prices starting around $30 for beautiful miniature mahogany coffins inscribed with sayings such as, gone and forgotten, six feet isn't deep enough, and I do not. Visit the company's website at WeddingRingCoffin.com. Another freaky fact from the Book of the Bazaar, available wherever books are sold. You gotta get every drop of that music. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Yeah. I'll be dreaming about her again. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh my God. So I, we're just about out of time, but I do want to mention uh, on Tuesday, uh, my good friend, Mr. Thomas D'Agostino, will be up here in uh, Wyndham, New Hampshire for another Dining with the Dead. Whoop, the pizza's, pizza's here. here. Pizza from the Dead. Yep. So anyways, uh, if you're interested in going, uh, tickets are available on our website, which is www.inegosproject.com, the letter N, the letter egosproject.com, Dining with the Dead with Thomas D'Agostino. And also, of course, we got coming up is our expedition to the uh, Oneida, New York, in the Collinwood oh, yeah. uh, Inn, which I am really thrilled about. Oh, that, yeah, it's going to be a ball. That's going to be a blast, and and I think tickets are available at the Colin site. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. It's a it's a uh, Doc Shettles themed B and B and the haunted Bonham House. There's going to be a midnight seance and a lot of. Uh, oh, Ann and I will be there, so it's just that. And Karen and Leslie will be joining yep. us too. In fact, Karen and Leslie will be at the Hooten Mansion with me on Saturday. Uh, tickets are not available. That sold out about two months ago, I guess. Uh, but anyways, we will be at the Hooten Mansions. So drop by for a little bit and you can say hello. <laughs> I hope that I'll be there. I honestly, I can't. I, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah, I, 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 I I'm in a quandary now because you know, I've, I've already, you know, I, I'm getting the rooms for us, but, uh, you know, includes breakfast. So I just don't want to pay for breakfast if you're not going to be there. <laughs> no bacon? No bacon. No bacon. No Sorry. bacon. <laughs> so anything well, else coming up? Pack a breakfast. 
Uh, uh, Spirit Quest, right? Yep. Spirit Quest in July. Uh, we will have uh, Brian Shepard from the Most Haunted TV Show and Cal Cooper for uh, Telephone Calls from the Dead, uh, Jane Dowdy from Dead Tenants and her psychic belly and the crystal skulls and all that cool stuff. So uh, it's going to be an amazing time. I'm really looking forward to that. It is. But, now we can get tickets. People can get tickets, right? Yeah, yeah, they're already selling, actually. And then we just put up the discounted uh, hotel information as well so that you can get your hotel, too. Oh, yeah, uh, i got to look into that. <laughs> discounted rate. So uh, what? Sure. Yeah, I've got an extra room. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, as long as you go and tuck away for me there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what you want to do is spend another night with me, right? Oh, yeah. It's on the top of my list. <laughs> on the top of my list, Ron. <laughs> Uh, you know, the funny part about it is even if we had ever in a, ever had an inkling, it was so freaking cold we couldn't anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about shrinkage, oh my God. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I turned into a woman. Uh, it was oh, cool. My God. Good night, everybody. Good night, Thanks From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, and things that go bumpy.